we are going to be talking about how we are a masterpiece in progress. Amen. Amen. Many of you beat yourselves up because you're not everything you should be yet. Anybody else in that crowd? In the I beat myself up club? Amen. That's a, it's like a, you know, we think it's a cool club. It's not really a cool club. But most of us are in it. Are you in it, Joe? Are you in the I beat myself up club? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else in it out there? Yes. Myself up. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, we all have some things that we beat ourselves up about. So I want to just uh, start tonight, Evan. I want us to just ask God. Uh, I, I don't know how this is. I don't know exactly how this is going to end up. My plan is that this would go now through Easter. I don't know how this is going to be. Um, but God just has been dealing with me about about talking to us. And I know uh, we have guests here a lot of times, but a lot of times we don't have guests here. And I just really feel to minister to uh, those of you that are here and those of you that are watching. Um, don't give up on yourself yet. And don't throw in the towel yet. There's instruction here in the Word of God and it gives us hope. And uh, that's what I want to focus on. So uh, if you would just turn with me to the book of Ephesians and we're just going to pray and then I'm going to let you be seated. Yeah, the book of Ephesians. We'll just start right there in chapter 1. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for your word and I thank you, God, for uh, the fact that you don't ever give up on us and you look at us and you see our potential and you see what we can be and God, you don't save us because of who we are or uh, because of what we have been or what we have done or our own righteousness, but you save us, God, because of the potential that is there and God, what you can do with our lives. So we pray that right now, God, in this place, you would uplift and encourage those who have uh, been beating themselves up lately, God, about not being everything that they should be. And I pray, God, that you'd help us to see that with your help, we are a master peace and progress and all things are possible in Jesus name and everybody say amen. Amen. amen amen you may be seated when we read the the epistle of Paul the apostle to the Ephesians or the church in Ephesus uh, we read Paul an apostle of Christ by the will of God to the saints which are in Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So we start right in and the very first thing we notice is that there are spiritual blessings. Somebody say there are spiritual blessings. There are spiritual blessings. Amen. There are spiritual blessings in store for you. One of the great things that we have in Christ is we have spiritual riches. We have spiritual blessings. They are not afforded to everybody, but to those who believe in and place their trust in Jesus Christ and who have surrendered their lives to Him, we see that we are blessed with all, somebody say all, oh. all spiritual blessings. Amen. That means everything that God promised that He would do, He's going to do. Everything God says He's able to do, He can do. Amen? Amen? All spiritual blessings. And it says, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. And I'm not going to get real deep into predestination or anything like that, so don't get nervous. But having predestinated us unto the adoption of 
children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. And here He's talking about the church. He's talking about having predestinated us, the church, unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. We become children of God. Verse 6 says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. And if you've been around me very long, you've probably heard me use that Scripture. It's one of my favorite Scriptures because not all of us fit into the cool clubs. And not all of us uh, fit in in different places. But one place the Scripture says we all can fit in is in Jesus Christ. Amen. Everybody fits in Jesus Christ. Everybody has a place and everybody is accepted. And so we, first of all, uh, start looking at this letter that he has written. And we're going to focus today really on chapter 1. But I want you to notice verse 7, because what he is talking about is he is talking about relationship. Somebody say relationship. Relationship. This is what the first part of chapter 1 is all about. Having a relationship. He did all of this to have a relationship with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. Now this is so important because there's a difference between knowing about God and truly knowing God. Right? Right? Right. Do we have that video clip ready? It's ready to go? Sister Geta, help me out. This is one of my favorite shows. If I ever watch a show, you know, about working on houses or whatever. It's one of my favorites. She said she doesn't know what you're talking about. But there's, there's a clip that I want to show you. How many of you have ever seen the show Fixer Upper? Anybody ever seen that show? It's such a cool show, man. They take like the nastiest, ugliest houses. We're ready? And then they do awesome stuff. I think my first apartment was nicer than this. Chuck and Charmaine are looking for a fixer-upper here in Waco, Texas in a neighborhood called the Center Heights area. We've shown them three houses. Two of the houses cost more but require less renovations. One house is a complete wreck, but it gives them the most opportunity to make it exactly what they wanted. We went back and forth, some heated exchanges. In the end, we went for the ghost house. What would we call it? A catastrophe house? Yeah, you call it a catastrophe house. It's really hard to imagine it being something new and beautiful. I trust Joanna. I know she's been able to turn crappy into happy, and I'm hoping that she can do that with this house. Are you guys ready to see a fixer upper? Let's go! Oh my god! Is this the same house? Oh man! That's, that's crap. There were so many elements of this house that when you ripped off the porch, it was in complete disarray, and the landscape and the trees. I can't hear a word you're saying. Wow. It's beautiful. It really is. Everything is awesome. I, I can't believe it. Let's go inside now. Let's see your picture up right. Welcome to your home. Oh my goodness. Wow. Wow. I know you remember that beautiful band 
register, there were a few pieces that were missing. Yeah. Clint literally came in, one of my carpenters, and he did um, brand new spindles to match the old ones. He did a really great job. Oh man, those floors are great. These are your original uh, floors, guys. We sanded them down, we restored them. It almost seemed too posh for us. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's the word. Yeah, that's all I can say. Backsplash, I love you. Backsplash. Oh, that looks great. Yeah, cool. We got you a farm sink, which I love. They're just open, and I mean, this is you know true the the yeah. style and era of this home. I think it looks great. Guys, I can tell you this was fun. All right. So they this is this is what they do. I mean, if you guys have ever seen the show, it's really. I mean, I, I know that there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, but it's really cool that they can go in and just take this nasty, nasty property and make it look so new and so nice. And this is kind of the reason that I, I bring this up today is because verse 7 says, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. This is the, this is the message today. God is a master planner and he has a master plan for your life. Amen. Now, I'm going to pick on Jessica for a second. When we first got this building, we walked in and Jessica was like, Pastor, I'm not seeing it. She's like, I'm glad you see it, but I'm not seeing it. And I'm not Joanna Gaines, right? So, like, whenever I go into houses sometimes, I don't necessarily see it. And sometimes we look at our lives the same way. And we're like, okay, God, I don't see it. I don't see it. He's like, oh yeah, I can see it. We're going to knock this wall down here and then we're going to open this up right there and we're going to add that in there. We're going to take this out. And, and we're thinking, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I don't know if it's possible. But you saw, and you know, she used a word I wouldn't have used, but she said, you know, we've seen Joanna turn things to happy, right? And her point was that, you know, somebody that has a plan, somebody that has a vision can take something that looks really bad and make it look really good. Right. And so the point of this whole chapter and the point of this whole message is God's got a master plan. And so as we are in relationship with Him and we trust Him, He can take something that is really messed up and really bad and He can make it beautiful. Amen? He can restore it. He can bring it to where uh, somebody, anybody would love to, to be there and have that. And so as we read this scripture, we look at uh, the fact that we have redemption, we have forgiveness of sins. And so the first thing we have, the first thing that God gives us in his master plan is restoration. It's restoration. Just like Joanna and Chip, they go and they, you know, their teams, they go in and they restore houses. God wants to do the same thing for each and every one of us. He, he wants to take all the messed up stuff from your past, all the, the, the hurt, all the bitterness, all the pain, all the grudges, all the things that you, we call it baggage, that you don't like to really unpack around everybody because, you know, ooh, that's awkward. It's my baggage, right? But every one of us has baggage. And so God wants to take and He wants to restore those parts of our life that are maybe less desirable, maybe kind of ugly, and we don't want to share with everybody. And He he says, I want to take that and I want to, I want to give you redemption through my blood. I want to give you forgiveness of sins. I, I want to uh, show you how rich my grace is. Amen. I want to just be able to, to pour out this grace and this love upon you. And that's what the verse says next. It says, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. 
having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself. Or the, 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 it really means He made known in Himself. He did this so craft, you know, just so wise and crafty that we could see how something ugly in the cross, how something ugly in His broken body could become made beautiful. And it's beautiful for you and I. And we talk about how, how ugly and how horrible and how gruesome it must have been. But he, he did this. He made this known. He purposed this in His own self. And He did it according to His good pleasure. And the good pleasure was that He would go through this so that you and I could be restored. So that you and I, all the ugly and nasty and hurt and bitter and grudge that from, from the past could all be restored and made brand new. Amen. And that's what He wants to do. That was the joy that was set before Him. And the Scripture says here uh, in verse 10 that in the dispensation of the fullness of times He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in Him in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. So the very first thing that we see with the relationship that God is the master planner and He has a master plan for us. The very first thing that He wants to take care of is restoration. The second thing that having this relationship with God, with this master planner does, is it gives us an inheritance. In whom we also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will. Nobody tells God what to do. There are some people that might have said, oh, you're worthless, you're nothing, you're nobody. You, nobody's ever going to you know, want you. Nobody's ever going to like you. And God says, look, I don't listen to anybody. I, per, I counsel with myself about this. I don't need anybody to tell me. So if all the world is against you, know that God is for you. If everybody in the world, amen, wants to tell you that you're no good, you are a masterpiece in progress. And the master planner has a master plan for you. Amen. You've obtained an inheritance. Amen. We have entered, think about this, we have entered into a relationship with the God of heaven. Man. That's powerful. I mean, that is, if there's ever been a relationship to be interested in, that's the one. Because all the relationships that we can have on this earth, none of them could bring us the inheritance that being in a relationship with the God of heaven will bring us. Amen. And that should, the, the scripture says, the reason that we have this is that we should be to the praise of his glory. Amen. It's it's really about Him. We're in relationship with Him and He's going to give us restoration and He's going to give us an inheritance, but it's not really even about us. It's really so that we will bring Him glory. Amen. Amen. And so we have these riches. We have these spiritual blessings. We have these awesome things. And, and, and we see Romans chapter 8 and uh, verses 9 in 9, 10, and 11, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. That's what you have to look forward to. 
Amen. That's what you have to anticipate. It says that we've got the inheritance that He has predestinated to give to us. Amen. It was not just something that He thought about for a couple people. It was for His body. He was going to make a way for the church, amen, to have eternal life, to have the inheritance that we would and could live forever with Him. In verse 13 it says, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. How are you sealed? Amen. When were you sealed? Some people say they were sealed. Some churches believe they're sealed when they come to the altar and raise their hand. <laughs> Other churches, they believe that they're sealed when they ask God to forgive them. Amen. And then other churches still believe that they are sealed when God fills them. And, and I would lean more towards this interpretation. They are sealed when God fills them with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. And they begin to speak in a language that they did not learn in school because the Scripture says you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Amen. And so in verse 14 it says, which is the earnest of our inheritance. Now somebody say earnest. earnest. We don't use that word anymore, but uh, the, this, this word, this earnest, means it's a guarantee. This is a guarantee of our inheritance. So not only do we have restoration through our relationship, but we also have a, a, a definite uh, a blessing or spiritual blessing of inheritance. And the Scripture says, when you got the Holy Ghost, you know how good that was? That's just a guarantee you know you got more coming. Amen. That is just a guarantee, the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. Now, we look at this and we understand that the first thing that we have is we have restoration. The second thing that we have is we have inheritance and we have a guarantee on that inheritance. And then the third thing that we have, and we start noticing here as we continue to read, is we have... Verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Now, this may not seem like a big deal, but there's a lot of ignorant people out there. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, more and more every day. I don't know why it is. Well, I do kind of know why it is, but, but it's so frustrating because all the time you're dealing with people who just are not wise. They're just not smart. They're, they, they have no understanding. They have no revelation. They live life on a very low plane and there's not even common sense is common anymore. And, and so the third thing that we realize that we have is not just because of my relationship. I have restoration. I can be restored from the things of my past. I have an inheritance that's been guaranteed to me. And the third thing is I have wisdom, revelation, and understanding in my relationship with Jesus Christ. So this is what he says in verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that she may know what is the hope of his calling and what, is, what the riches of the glory of, it, of the inheritance, his inheritance in the saints. So it, it keeps on going. There's more to it. There's, it's not just uh, wisdom. It's not just revelation. It's not just understanding. But it it's, it's goes beyond that. It's so that you can know that you have hope. So that you can realize, hey, 
I know I'm not what I should be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. Amen. I'm still a work in progress. I'm still a masterpiece in the making. I am part of God's master plan. He is my master planner. And he I may not see it, and you may not see it, but He sees what I can become, and so I'm just going to become clay, amen, in the hands of the artisan. I'm going to become clay in His hands. And that's what, uh, when we get to that place, we realize we don't just have wisdom. That's not just wisdom. That's revelation and understanding, knowing that He's got a greater plan. So many people don't want to give God everything. They don't want to surrender control. They want to hold back. And what they're missing is they're missing this awesome wisdom and understanding and revelation that God can do so much more with us than we can do with ourselves. We, we try so many times to figure our lives out and make things like we think they should be. And we always make a mess of things. But God never does. God has known from the very moment you were conceived, even before you were conceived, the Scripture says He knew you in your mother's womb. He knew everything about you. Amen. He, he knew uh, how many hairs would be on your head. He knows your end from your beginning. He, he's got it all figured out. And sometimes we get all caught up in, oh, I just don't see anything. Go, you're not always going to see something. And sometimes whenever artists are working, you know, it's kind of a, an interesting process because... To me, sometimes I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't look like much. What's that guy's name, that artist dude? Bob Ross. Anybody who know who Bob Ross is, man? He'd be painting away, right? And he'd be painting away, and he's like, oh, we're just going to make that bird. And then we're going to take this, and we're going to make that a tree. And, you know, just all... You know, I can't do that, right? That's not me. But but God can take even the mistakes of my life. He can take even uh, the silly, uh, crazy, dumb things in my life and He can make something beautiful out of it. And that's what's awesome is that we can have that wisdom and revelation and understanding that even when things don't go as they should, God's still in control. Amen. He is the master planner. And so we move on to the last... Uh, thing that we're going to talk about here tonight about uh, the, the, the fourth part here. We have restoration through relationship. We have inheritance that's guaranteed. We have revelation, understanding, and wisdom that comes from God because of our relationship with Him. If you, if you hang out with God and you hang out with the people of God and you meditate on the things of God, let me just tell you right now, you are wiser than people who don't. You just are. And you say, that, does that make me better? No, that doesn't make us better. That just makes us wiser. Because the Scripture says that God chooses the, the, the simple things, amen, to confound even the wise of the world. And so we have got to understand that this revelation that God can give us, this wisdom that God can give us, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, amen, they don't have that. They don't have that. So that's why we have to trust the master plan that God has for our life. Are you all still awake? Yes. Alright, just making sure. Verse 19. And what is... What, what else are we going to know? What is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe? What are we going to know? We're going to have this resurrection power according to the working of His mighty power. What is it that is so amazing uh, that we, we see this, verse 20, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. We sang it tonight. Did you know that's what we were going to talk about, Jessica? You did? Oh, good. And He set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. I thought she was just picking on me. Making me sing that song. <laughs> 
The Scripture says this is the great portion of having a relationship that He's got exceedingly great power coming at us. It's going to be the same power that... Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? The same power that raised up Jesus from the dead. If that same Spirit dwells in us, it will quicken our mortal bodies. What He's saying is... Amen. This is a powerful, powerful understanding. We have resurrection power. We have the exceeding greatness of His power that is toward us who believe. And according to the working of His mighty power, which He... He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. Now, this is so powerful. What do we have to be afraid of? What do... I, now, I know, I know y'all don't... You didn't get that, okay? That just sounds cliche. If death has no power over us, what do we have to be afraid of? You know, we, we, people fear cancer. They fear... You know, car accidents, they fear plane crashes, they fear, you name it, they fear bugs, they fear spiders, they fear all kinds of things. I'm not, look, I'm not trying to make light of anybody's fear, but, but let me just say, if death doesn't have any power over us, right. what are we afraid of? Right. <laughs> we have resurrection power. Woo! It's easy to sing about. It's nice to shout about. But if there's nothing to fear, why do we fear? Oh, and he goes on. He says, look, you don't just have restoration and you don't just have this inheritance and a guarantee of that. You have wisdom. You have the spirit of wisdom. You have revelation and understanding. You've got hope. And and then he throws this power at us. And you've got power. You've got resurrection power. You're a masterpiece in progress. And part of the masterpiece is you realizing that you have power. You realizing that the same power that was in Jesus Christ is in you. And when you realize that, there is nothing that can scare you. There is nothing that can frighten you. You say, oh, I don't have anything to fear. And and you can start saying like Paul, whether I live or I die. Come on, somebody. Whether I am still here or if I go before my time. I want you to know God is in control. He is the master planner. And He knows the master plan for my life. And death cannot scare me. Amen. The grave doesn't frighten me. Because God knows what my plan is. Amen. He's got the plan all laid out. And the Scripture says, it's far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Now, I don't know if that 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 really should just, like we should just get excited and want to do a lap because of that verse right there. It's saying there's not any power that comes close. There's not any name that comes close. There's not any deity that comes close. There's nothing that can stand. It's far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not just in earth, but also, amen, beyond this earth. And I want you to know, the Scripture says, hath put all things under His feet, amen, and gave Him to be the head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that filleth all in all. Now, what? It, whoa, whoa, whoa. You just went too fast on me, Pastor. You got too excited. I, I hear you. Let me stop. Let me slow down and, and I'll close it out, okay? This is for everybody who says, I want to be part of His church. 
I want to be part of the body of Christ. And the, the scripture says that he is, uh, he is giving the power, amen, to us. He's giving the power to his church. We are the masterpiece in progress. We are, amen, the work of God. And when Paul writes this to the church at Ephesus and these Ephesians start reading this letter, amen, they were going through some things at the time and he said, I want you to understand that you have been given restoration. I, I, I got to get this in your mind that, that you have an inheritance coming which has been guaranteed. And, and don't think of yourself any lower than you should because you've got wisdom, a spirit of wisdom and revelation and understanding that's going to bring hope to your life. And he said, and best of all, you've got resurrection power, so there's nothing to fear. Even death, amen, cannot keep you away from God's master plan. And so the more you know, the more you know God, the more you trust Him completely. Amen. Amen. I wonder if we could just all stand. Because He is going to take care of His body. He is going to take care of His church. We're not yet what we should be. Amen. But we're not yet. Uh, we're, 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 we're not who we used to be. And we are on our way. He is working. Now, some days He's really working. Some, I'm telling you, some days, man, I'm like, okay, God, I don't see it at all. And I'm ready. You know, I'm ready. God... This is all this is going to be about. I, I'm going to move on, you know? Anybody ever want to just move on? Get off the easel? You know? God, this is a mess. And I got better things to do with my life. Anybody ever felt that way? And he's like, no, I got this. I got this. Just hold on. He's restoring every bad part of our life. Every, every part that, that is undesirable and ugly and... We don't want anybody to see or know about it. He's restoring it. And then He says, look, you're not alone. I'm giving you an inheritance. You've got a guarantee. When I gave you the Holy Ghost, that's my guarantee that you're going to have better days ahead. Amen. The best is yet to come. You, you haven't seen. Eye has not seen. and Ear has not heard what I've got ready for you. Amen. And then He said, and while you're here on this earth, I'm going to give you wisdom, a spirit of wisdom and revelation and understanding. And oh, by the way, don't be afraid of death either because you've got power. I, I, you remember how uh, Christ was raised from the dead and we all saw that? That was awesome, right? Paul said, you remember that? That's the same power that you have. And that's what he's working. That's what's at work in the church. It's far above every principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named. There's nothing, amen, there's nothing that's too hard for God. Hey, I don't care what your situation is or how messed up you think it is, God's in control. Amen. amen. You turn your life back over to the master planner. Let him take control and you will see what he will do in your life. You're a masterpiece in progress. I know the devil would like to lie to you today. He'd like to tell you there's no hope for you. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, you might as well give up. Look at all these other people. They've got it figured out. You know, if, if God was going to do something in you, it would have already happened by now. The devil's a liar. Right. Amen. He can't defeat you, so he just wants to distract you. Right. He wants to just kind of pull your attention aside. But you're a masterpiece in progress. I feel like in the next few weeks, over the next several weeks that we talk about this and we go through the book of Ephesians, you're going to find out how serious Paul was about telling the church who they were and how God viewed them. And what was expected and what they were going to be able to do because of what God had in store for them. 
So today, before we leave here, I wonder if you just take a few moments and say, God, maybe I felt like giving up. Maybe I, I, I've, I've even thought about, you know, maybe I, it's not for me. Maybe this is for everybody else, but not me. And I wonder if you just talk to God and say, God, would you help me? Would you give me the strength and the courage to, to see that I am a masterpiece in progress? Do you have a master plan for my life? And though I, it hasn't come out yet, and I haven't seen the end result, and God, I may never see the end result, but God, would you help me just to have faith and trust in your master plan? Just like that, that wonderful lady today, she, she trusted in Joanna Gaines to get the house looking right. God, help me to trust you. That was such a simple thing, and that's not even a big deal with you. What you're doing in my life is so much greater than that. Help me trust you more. Let's, let's just find a place and talk to God. Amen. I want to encourage you. I want you to know you're a masterpiece in progress.